Hey, thanks for checking out the Jacob's World podcast. This week we are beginning a new series called When You Pray. And we are going to look at how Jesus teaches us how to pray. And right now there's a lot of stuff we can't control. But the one thing we can do is we can pray. we got a great opportunity in front of us. Thanks for checking us out. Let's get started. Well, hey, Jacob's Well, so glad you're checking us out this weekend online. You have done a good thing. You are gathering together. You're taking time to worship, to hear God, to get recentered on God in the most wonderful way. Now, to begin today, I want us to just imagine that we have a time machine, that you and I have a time machine that we could step in and we could go back like three months, say, say all the way back to, to January 1st. And on January 1st, we could actually have a conversation with ourselves. You imagine the things we would try to say to ourselves. We'd probably say things like, sell all your stock unless you have stock in Charmin, Purell, or Zoom, right? Or you'd probably say that spring vacation, buy the travel insurance. Or you might say, you know what? I think this would be the year to get a dog. I think we're going to have some time to take some walks. So whatever it is, just imagine you could see yourself three months ago, January 1st. What were you thinking about? What were you worried about? What were you working on? What was your list of resolutions that you wanted to change going into this year? I know as a pastor, I, I thought about it. I thought, what were the things back then that I was thinking about that I was concerned for our people in terms of the spiritual well-being of the people of Jacob's Well. I was concerned about materialism, that people were trusting in, investing in, chasing in too much stuff that did not last. I was concerned about the lack of focus people had on their family and, and caring for their family and being there for their family. I was concerned about busyness and the schedules we were keeping, and that we were going so fast, not asking questions like, where are we going, or why are we going, and, 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 and we were going so fast because it was creating the fact that we had no inner life and time for God and prayer, and, and I was also deeply concerned about the lack of spiritual effort people were putting for, forward, especially in the area of prayer, and, and even as we were planning for this year, I was planning on making a special powerful call to spiritual renewal and to prayer, but in the back of my mind and my heart, I was just like, with all the things distracting people, how in the world is that going to be possible? And so this has led me to want to ask an honest question this week. And the honest question is, that I want you to ask yourself, is do I really want things to go back to the way they were? Where were you before all this happened? Now, now again, there may be some folks say, well, yeah, I want, I want my job back, I want my freedom back, and I get all that, I get all that, and we all want that, but, but, but let's just take a step back from the obvious and just ask ourselves the question, do we want to be living the way we were before, or is it possible, is it possible that, that this could be the question, what if God has something better? What if God has something better? There are so many challenges that we are facing right now. There are so many difficulties, so many things we're unsure about. But what if we also recognize that there are so many opportunities right now? There's opportunity for all kinds of things. But what I want to talk about is an opportunity for spiritual renewal and particularly building your life around prayer. Now, I want to do this by, by talking about uh, 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 learning to pray from Jesus. So Jesus' life was built around prayer. It was established on prayer. His life was so profound in prayer that his disciples came to him one day and said, Jesus, 
teach us to pray. And, and one of the things that Jesus gave us is he gave us a prayer that many of us, maybe even most of us know, called the Lord's Prayer. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at the teaching about the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to be asking ourselves, you know, what does it mean and how does it apply? And we're going to be praying the Lord's Prayer together. Now I have it here. And, and one of the challenges is if you're a person who maybe you didn't grow up in church, you never learned the Lord's Prayer, I'm going to challenge you to memorize the Lord's Prayer. And if you're a parent and your kids haven't learned the Lord's Prayer, you're actually going to hear it in Jacob's Well Kids later on in, in, in the morning's online service. We are going to be teaching the kids the Lord's Prayer. And parents, Give them this gift because this prayer, properly understood, properly used, can be a source of strength and comfort and power in their life in some of the darkest seasons that they will go through in their life. So in that spirit, let's say it together. And I've got it here. So if you don't know it, you can say it with us. But let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, this is a prayer that believers have prayed for like, hundreds and even a couple thousand years. It has been a prayer that has united us, but it is a prayer that taps in to the heart of what it means to be invested in prayer. So, so let's take a look at the passage of scripture where Jesus gives it to us. It's in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 6. And we're, uh, chapter 6, yeah, and we're going to begin in verse 6. And he says this. He's already in chapter 5 warned them that there's a way that they can use this prayer that's not good. They can make prayer a display, a show. They can have long, flowery prayers where people say, wow, look at that spiritual person. And, and you can be rewarded for your prayers by people seeing you as spiritual, even though you're just putting on a show. The other ways we can pray in effective ways is we can pray in such a way that we think prayer is earning something from God, that we have to either pray the right way, the religious way, the ritualistic way, we need to pray enough or fervently or often enough that we will earn our request from God. Or even worse, earn our hearing from God or our relationship with God. And so he says, when, when you're doing that, don't do that. You're, you're a hypocrite when you do that. When you pray, not for the ears of God, but for the ears of man. But he says this, but instead, when you pray, go into your room and shut your door. Now, this isn't a literal thing where you can only pray privately. You should never pray in groups. But what he's saying is, in your heart and your mind, create the inner room of your life where prayer is about just talking to God. I don't know about you, but there have been times where I've been praying, just to be honest, and I realize I'm praying for the ears of the people I'm praying with. I'm not even kind of really thinking about God. But when you have an inner room, when you have a place in your heart where you can go and you can just say, this is about me and God, even if I'm praying with other people, that I'm talking to God, that's when you're getting close to the heart of God. So, so you shut the door and you pray, look at this, to your father who is in secret. So that father who knows your secret thoughts, your innermost, innermost, innermost stuff, you know, 
That's who you're talking about. He says, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now the reward will not necessarily be you just getting everything you asked for. It won't necessarily be you being, you know, religiously, everybody just being so. The reward, listen now, the reward is the relationship. The reward is the awareness of the presence of God. The reward is our perspective change when we recognize that we have God as our Father. So, so he, he, he lays a pattern of prayer, a perspective of prayer, that when we pray like this, prayer changes everything, it changes us. Look at verse 7. He says, And when you pray, do not heap empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. So again, this could be the danger of, of the Our Father. You can just say, well, is the Our Father like a spell? That if I just say it, you know, and, and if I say it a lot, then, then, then someone or another, that will, that will earn my prayers. That can make any prayer an empty prayer, just a bunch of words. This is an issue of the heart. So, so instead, what the Our Father becomes is a centering tool. So, so very often I'll come, and, and I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life, and some of them rather, rather recently, where I've been so overwhelmed. I've been so grieving about the past or fearful about the future that I, I don't, God, even know where to start. It, it's hard for me to say anything to you. It's hard for me to even feel the things I'm feeling, so to be able to express them to you is just too much. And so what, what I'll do is I'll just come back and I'll just, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I'll pray through the Our Father, and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll pray through it again. And sometimes I'll pray through it again. And, and, and then God will speak to me in the midst of it, Our Father, oh yeah, you're my Father. And, and give us today our daily bread. Oh, you're going to take care of that daily thing. And in and, 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 and your kingdom come. Oh yeah, it's about your kingdom and your will and not mine. And, and it has a way of recentering me. And it's not, so it's not that the prayer earns something from God or it becomes an empty ritual, but, but it brings me to a familiar place, a comforting place, an aware place where once again I can communicate, I can be with God. So, so it's got to be more than empty words. You know, sometimes I just got to, I got to use the Lord's Prayer to get me to the point that I can connect with God. He goes on, he says, do not be like those ones who just do the empty words, the empty rituals. I grew up in a church where uh, we went to confession and after confession, you know, make up for your sins, you had to say a certain amount of prayers. And I would always seem like I'd always get like a hundred Our Fathers. I could do an Our Father faster than anybody else. I'd, amen. And I could just roll through it. Empty words. Instead of them doing the work. He says, don't be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. And so, listen, we're not going to God to talk him into something. To put something on his radar he's not aware about. To share feelings that he doesn't know. In fact, prayer doesn't change God, it changes us. It doesn't shape his perspective. It puts us in awareness of him so that our awareness of him can change our perspective. Most of the time, the answer to prayer I get are a change in perspective, a change of outlook, a change of temperament, a settling down of my spirit. That's usually the answer I get from prayer. Very often I'll go to prayer thinking I'm asking for one thing, recognizing that God is wanting to do something or give me some other thing, and I end up actually not even wanting the thing I asked for. That, that he changed the very heart of what uh, my desire was. This is what prayer does when it's at 
its best. So he says then, when you pray, pray like this. And we're just going to look at the first part of the Our Father this week. We're going to say, look at this. He says this, when you pray, say Our Father. And, and, it, and, and, and just right there, so much, those two words. And, and there have been times when I've been in prayer and maybe struggling in prayer just because, you know, my mind's racing. I don't know, has your mind been racing at all this week? Or, or I can't sleep in the middle of the night. I don't know if you've had trouble sleeping in the middle of the night. Or, or, or there's something that you can't control and the more you think about it, the more you get angry and you watch some news and the more you get upset and there's nothing you can do about it but you're just upset. And, 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 and I come back and sometimes all I can say at those times is our Father, our Father, our Father. And, and what it does is it reminds me, listen now, that the basis of prayer is a relationship. That I don't go to God like horrible sinner and, and cruel judge, okay? I don't go to God and saying miserable slave and, and cruel master. I don't go to God saying religious observer who has done all the right things and brought the proper sacrifice, who has now earned his way to an exacting penny-pinching God. That's not the way I come to God. I come to God as our Father. And, 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 and when I recognize all the beauty, the best aspects of that word, that means he wants to be with me. He delights in me. He's glad he created me. And, and that he wants to give me the very best. Now that doesn't mean everything I want. Very often it's what I need. And, and so when I recognize that's the basis of my relation, it's, it's a it's a love relationship. It changes everything. The other thing is the incredible audacity of praying to God like this. I mean, there are very few other approaches to God, other religions that would even say this. This prayer got Jesus in trouble because the people who heard it at first would have said, wow, he just said, pray to our father. That's crazy. How can he be? I mean, he's father of the nation, but he's claiming a special personal, intimate relationship with God as Father, Jesus. And, and that's one of the things that really got him in trouble with religious, religious leaders. And he says to you and me, and he says to his followers, you can pray to God like that too. And so this is full of privilege and beauty and safety. And when I just become, again, aware of our Father, it changes all my perspectives. You know, that I trust, you know what? You got control of things I don't have control. Oh, you're in charge of my daily bread. Oh, yeah, it's your will that matters, not my will that matters. Oh, it's about your kingdom, not the kingdom that I was building. And, and this prayer has potential to change that, but the foundation of it, and this is the foundation of prayer, a love relationship, not a religious ritual, okay? Not, not any kind of earning or making up. The foundation of prayer is relationship with the Father who is in heaven. And that concept of heaven is the highest heavens, the heavens throughout the earth, and the air that is all around me. All of that is included in this term, this little prepositional phrase, in heaven, that, that he is incredibly intimately as close. He couldn't be closer, but he's also out there and beyond, and so he can handle everything that's out there and beyond. This is our Father who art in heaven, ultimate, powerful, glorious, hallowed be your name. That is to say, your name is important. It's special. I never want to take it in vain. That is to say, take it for granted or use it in an empty way. I recognize that you have shared your name with me as part of your family. So I want to live in such a way that I bring honor to that name because it's our name. Hallowed, important, sacred is your name. And, and that challenges the way I live and who I am and the dignity by which I want to live. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And, and just this deep conviction that, you know what? It would be better, Jesus, if you got your way than if I got my way. 
that your plan is better than my plan. Your kingdom being established would be truth and justice and righteousness. Establish it in my heart and in my family and in our community and in our world. Your kingdom done, your will be done on earth in real time even as it's done in the heavenly places. Even as it's done in time and eternity, what you want is the best. Shape my heart to want what you want. So often we go to God and say, God, here's what I want. Would you want it too? But prayer is when we go to God and say, God, what do you want? What do you want to put in my hand? What do you want to take out of my hand? Incredible perspective, powerful perspective, changing insight in this prayer. So when we pray, we pray our Father. So what perspectives do this cha- does this change? A couple perspectives. First of all, some prayer perspectives. These are perspectives that come from prayer, particularly from praying the Our Father and meditating on it and learning it in our hearts and our minds. And this is the first one. Don't waste the season that you're in because you're anticipating the season that you are about to start. Okay, now this is a really important word that goes back to the very first question. Do we really want things to go back to the way they were? Because the temptation for us is to be it is to is to just just hunger down and say, I just want this all to be over. And I'm not gonna do anything until things get back to the way they are. Well, things aren't gonna go back to the way they are. And so this prayer allows us to come up and say, Okay, God, because you're your father and you're my father and you're gonna provide my daily needs, I can stand up and say, Okay. What do you want me to do to establish your kingdom today? Now, I can't control tomorrow, okay? And, and i and I got to let go of the past, but what do you want to do today? Here's, here's another way of saying it. Live today, not the loss of yesterday. Now, now, don't get me wrong. A lot of people have lost a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of disappointment. But, man, you can get, you can get trapped in that, okay? You can get grieving. You can get bitter and angry. You can spend the rest of your life talking about what you lost out on and, and embrace the victim thing. It's not gonna. It's not going to do any good for you so so live today not the loss of yesterday or the uncertainty of tomorrow we don't know what's going to come next we we don't know when governors are going to lift bans and and economies are going to fix and 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 we can get back and start meeting in churches we can't control that and and so the temptation for us is to be so obsessed about that try to manage that try to control that try to plan that particularly if you're a planner it's just time for you to take a deep breath and say i can't control that and so what i'm going to do is i'm going to live today. Never have Jesus's words be, been more true when he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. He says, there's enough to worry about today. And what do you do? You bring that to prayer. Prayer perspective, particularly the Our Father, gives us that perspective. Here's another perspective. When there's not much you can do and control, you have an opportunity to control prayer. Now, this is an important word for those of you who are doers who can't do. For those of you who are fixers who can't fix. For those of you, you know, who are, are planners and you don't have enough information to plan. What can you do? Well, you can pray. You, you can deepen your prayer life. And some of you, you're annoyed with what I just said. You, it's like you just tasted something bad. It's just, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't feel like I should have to do that. I, I want to be a person of action. Prayer is action. It's a return to a love relationship that prepares us. And maybe this is a season of preparing so that when action is clear, we are at a point mentally and spiritually and emotionally grounded in prayer. You could take the step of building your life 
around prayer right now when there's not much you can do. Here's another perspective challenge. Plan to pray every day. Now I'm going to show you here in just a minute as part of our next steps. We've got all kinds of tools but you could change your life. You have an opportunity. So many people have said over the years, we can't change this industry, or we can't change schools, or we can't change church, because things just keep going so fast, they never stop. Well, they stopped. Things stopped. This is unlike any other time in the history of history. And, and, and so now we can reshape things in a way that, that could cause us, when we get going again, to live radically differently. What have you learned how to create a, a pattern of prayer, a plan of prayer in your life? Here's another perspective. Treat prayer like an appointment with a friend. Don't treat it like an obligation or like a task. Don't treat it like a religious ritual, but say, you know, I'm going to go talk with my father right now. I'm going to go spend some time being quiet with my father. Some of you say, I'm, I'm afraid to be quiet. Well, well, maybe what you could say is, Father, I'm afraid to be quiet because there's some things in the dark that if I get quiet, they'll come out and they scare me. Maybe your prayer is, Father, I'm going to get quiet with you, trusting that whatever comes out of the dark, you and I can handle. And actually, you can handle, and I'm going to trust you. You see, this is an opportunity for you to find and rebuild your love based on the love relationship that you could have with the Father in the most beautiful, beautiful way. And so let me challenge you with some next steps. This week, several. One, we got several great prayer podcasts coming up. Um, some of them are on communication. This next week particularly, we've got several on spiritual formation and prayer. I'm going to continue to do the prayer, prayer podcast. Say, I don't even know how to pray. Well, this is easy. Just download the prayer podcast I do and just get quiet and listen and pray with the prayers that I'm praying. So it's not a podcast. Some of the podcasts we're doing are about how to pray or about how to deal with anxiety, different things like that. But, but this podcast, the one I'm doing, midday, morning, and evening prayers, it's just praying. And so if you don't know how to pray, just start listening to do that, to that. And so we can start doing that together. So our podcasts are a great tool. We also have our community prayer. So you could go on our website and find out what time those are going to be on. You could link, link on to Zoom and you could actually join that group of people who pray. It's a small group right now, but I, I just dream of a time where, where, where many and then dozens and then hundreds of people are gathering. And, and you don't need to do this one. You can do it in your small group. You can pray in the most wonderful, wonderful way. Another thing you could do is you could do right now media. We've highlighted about five studies that we have found that are on prayer, different aspects. You can learn how to pray the 23rd Psalm. You could learn how to pray the Lord's Prayer. Several other prayers that are just beautiful. You can go ahead this way. Now for you, maybe prayer comes through worship. I don't know if you realize this, but the songs we sing as worship... Those are prayers. We sing them to and about and for God. And so as we've been doing midweek worship, Shua and the team, hundreds, I mean hundreds and hundreds of people have been downloading and worshiping and recentering and hearing truths that we're singing about the person of God. That is prayer. It would be worth you, you downloading or checking that out uh, on Facebook or Vimeo or whatever form you, you get it and just actually taking the time to quiet yourself in this spirit of prayer. Now I want to end my time with one more prayer principle and this is going to come out deeply in the next couple of weeks. We need to return to the foundation of what we believe and that's what prayer does. It brings us back to fundamental things that God is our Father, His will is the important thing, His kingdom is what I should be working to establish, He gives me my daily bread, forgiveness needs to just be the description of how I live, 
things like that, that I live for his glory, his honor. We're going to come back to that. Now, one of the places that this comes up is in our creeds. And we're going to say the Apostles' Creed here in a minute. And what the Apostles' Creed is, is it's a declaration of faith. It's a profound, just, this is what I believe, 101. And because I believe these things, it changes everything. And so I'm going to challenge you not only to learn the Lord's Prayer, but actually to learn the Apostles' Creed. And when you're in a difficult time, to say these great truths recenter us so that we can enter back into our love relationship with our Father, and that is what prayer is all about. After that, we're going to hear just a wonderful, wonderful time from the kids, and, um, and they're going to teach all of us, but especially you kiddos, and maybe some of you older kiddos, um, some beautiful things about learning the Lord's Prayer. So let's end our time together by saying the um, Apostles' Creed together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe the Holy Spirit, one holy united church, the communion of saints, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And because this is what we believe, church, because what we're established on, it absolutely changes everything.